Fabulous Fundraisers. I'm Don Leco. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together we'll dive into lively conversations and we'll chat with industry leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, Raise Nation, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again and making our show such a fan favorite um, and nominating us, oh my gosh, for the podcast awards. We could not be more grateful and more honored. Um, and we just love um, having you here. Hey, if you're new to the show, um, Follow us on your favorite podcast channel. We're everywhere. We're also on demand at onecause.com. And we broadcast live from the annual Raise Conference. We have such a wonderful community here. And um, that's going to segue, segue me into our next guest. I always love talking to and listening to um, nonprofits and having them on the show. Um, just to, It's fascinating to hear about their mission and the impact that they have on our communities and um, just what they're doing to build better tomorrows. If you could just imagine for a second what we would do if we didn't have nonprofits, well, the world wouldn't be um, progressing in the right in the right way. Now, today is a little delicate and a little special, and I almost wish that um, we were meeting under well, no, I definitely wish we were meeting under much different circumstances, but nonetheless, uh, please welcome Melinda Sweeney, who is the Chief Development Officer, and I'm going to say it, from the Maui Health Foundation. Melinda, aloha. Welcome to Raise Nation Radio. Aloha, Don. Thank you for allowing me to share our story on your podcast. I do wish it was, I mean, I'm so happy to have you on the show, but I do wish it was different different, you know, different circumstances for sure. So I'm going to open with a very heartfelt question. How are you doing? How are your loved ones? And, you know, the people that you interact with every day, how, how's everyone doing? And I mean that sincerely and not just a, Hey, how you doing? Like, how are you doing? Yes, we, we are doing okay. I mean, it, it's, Every day is difficult because every day we get a new challenge and it's a whirlwind and we get a new request, just like I was sitting here um, looking at my text and one of our caregivers who lost everything texted me and said, you know, I've lost my stethoscope, my, you know, oximeter and blood pressure monitor. And these are the things I brought with me to work every day. Any chance, you know we can find some here. So it's every day is a new challenge. Um, my husband also is working closely with the community um, because there's so many displaced. You know, we have 4,000 people here displaced and we are all scrambling to help our entire community. So it's, yeah. every day, you know, you have this adrenaline that just kicks in. Uh, and this is the second time I have been through this. I was in uh, the Napa fires in 2017. And so I am, I have familiarity with fires and um, I just think I get placed in situations because I have experience, <laughs> but it is emotionally uh, taxing and you do have to, um, 
take care of yourself and go for walks or read or go to the beach. Um, you do need to have that time as you're, you're giving, 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 but also to take care of yourself when you can, um, because you don't want to burn out. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into all of that and what we're doing and what you need, but I do want our audience to get to know you a little bit more. Um, You mentioned that this is your second disaster that you've been part of um, stepping in and trying to help communities recover. So who is Melinda Sweeney? Who, where do you come from? How did you get to Maui Health Foundation? And let us, let us a little bit into your life, if you don't mind. Well, when I was young in my twenties, I worked for St. Helena Hospital in the accounting department and accounting wasn't my thing. Uh, I was an English major in college and I went and looked at the job board when job boards were on pages of paper up on the wall, (laughs) not online. That's how how old I am. Uh, And I, it had a development position and I'm like, what is development? I went back to the office and somebody explained to me it was fundraising and I'm like, oh, I can do that. Uh, so at the age of 27, I fell into healthcare fundraising, and I have been in it ever since. I worked at St. Helena Hospital for 15 years and Queen of the Valley for almost 10. And then I decided I wanted, you know, our kids are uh, moved out of the house. Our last one graduated from high school. And I we thought, let's move somewhere. And I said, I would love to, you know, be the chief development officer. I'm ready for that. I was a director of development for many, many years. And we went on vacation to Maui. And I said to my husband, hey, let's move here. And he hey, said, let's move here. Oh my he gosh. Said, find, find a job and we will move there. And he, the one and only job that exists, because there's one, there's only one acute care hospital on Maui, opened up two months after we were there. And it was seamless. I mean, it was a seamless interview transition they hired me they moved meant us. to be meant to be so that's how we got here so it's been almost five years uh coming up in september so we so basically don't challenge it. you to do anything like get a job or because you're gonna do it right <laughs> i'm gonna do it right <laughs> you're gonna do it wow yes. well so I can't imagine that anybody doesn't know what happened but um let's just review for for a second because hundreds you know, more than a hundred lives have been lost. What happened in Maui? Um, how, how did, we don't have to go into the how or all of that stuff. That's, yeah. we're not going to talk about that. We want to talk about how we're going to recover, but August 8th, right? Take us back. What happened? What, what, what was going on that day? Not you know, a great we, day. Not a great day. You know, we had a fire in Lahaina that was contained. I don't think anybody realized that the the hurricane or the tropical storm that was 700 miles off of Maui was going to produce the winds it produced. And so, yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't think it was going to. There wasn't many, you know, statewide, there wasn't many um, much concern, like go prepare, get water, that type of thing, because it was so far away from us, um, but the winds were unbelievable. And I think that what happened, and I don't know, I'm not recipe a for disaster. It yeah, a, it, it, you know, we, I, 
I don't know. I mean, they haven't determined the cause of the fire, so it could be a multitude of things, but it sparked a fire. The winds were uh, ferocious, absolutely ferocious, and very much like the Paradise Fires in California uh, and the Napa Fires. I mean, wind is a ferocious enemy because of how fast fire moves with high winds like that. And it just swept through this town of Lahaina, uh, this small town of Lahaina. That Something like about- a mile a minute, I believe yeah. I read. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's just devastating how fast it moved and and burned an entire town. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So recovery. How is, you know, because this is physically devastating, mentally devastating, all the way around. I mean, mind, body, soul. What What is the sentiment of the of the community how 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 how's everybody doing just what's what's the climate and the landscape and and the feeling that was once Maui uh well there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness and uh you know we're only you know two weeks in today from yeah it occurring and it you know, but the community, all the nonprofits here, plus national organizations. I mean, we've got Samaritan's Purse. We've got World Vision. We have the National Guard. We have Red Cross. I mean, we have so many national organizations that have come in and, you know, come in immediately. I mean, I've never seen so many people come together so fast and I have been through this. And so I just want the world to know. I don't know what you're seeing on the media, but so many organizations from all over our nation have come here to help us. And all of our nonprofits here have stepped up and our entire community has stepped up. Um, Everybody's helping each other. I mean, people are housing their friends. People are housing people they don't know. I mean, everybody stepped up and took everyone in and we got everyone out of the shelters. I mean, on on Monday. No one, two weeks later, there's not one in shelter. No. And if they are in shelters, they choose to be there. But we have places for everyone. Wow. And, you know, our our foundation, you know, we created a, a, a resource group with human resources, um, with our patient experience department and with our supplies department. And we have this little employee resource group that we meet daily and we took care of our caregivers. We have uh, 29 caregivers and well, 31 caregivers, because we have a few physicians that we've added that we've take, we've adopted, even though we don't employ them, we've adopted our physicians that, you know, have um, privileges here at the hospital. So we have taken on finding them uh, temporary housing and they've all been housed. Uh, we did that within the first week of it happening. I called our donors up who, you know, we we have a lot of seasonal, um, you know, people who have seasonal houses here and they're not back until like October, November, some December, and they opened up their homes. I mean, they allowed our caregivers to, to move in. And, um, also of those caregivers, 90% of them are nurses and, uh, So it was really important for us to get them placed, to get them into, you know, a house so that they had some sort of uh, some peace and some rest so they felt safe. And 
we have been working with them daily. We are in touch with them daily. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Uh, and that's really, I think a lot of organizations with their employees are doing that, like Bank of Hawaii or Hawaiian. You know, there's a lot of employers who had, you know, their employees lose everything. And I think everyone is like kind of taken those people and we're adopting them and we're going to take care of them. Wow. <laughs> So that's an interesting, you know, that's an interesting approach and you've been through it before. So maybe you can compare and compare, compare and contrast what you're, what you're doing the same differently. Um, but I think what I'm hearing is we maybe take for granted that the caregivers that we so desperately need have lost everything too, and they're displaced and they're going through crazy times, uncertain times, scary times, but yet we need them. So we can't, we have to take care of them so that that chain, it, you know, isn't broken. I mean, you and I were speaking actually before we started this interview and we stopped for a moment because you did get that text from a nurse who is not asking who lost everything and is not asking for a single thing for herself. She wants a stethoscope so that she could continue to care for others. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. a, a different level that to wrap your head and mind around. But I think that's what you're trying to do, right? Well, you're probably trying to do a million things, but you're trying to mobilize the caregivers and take care of them so that it could go on it is that where that we're is, at right now? That is exactly right, Tom. Okay. <laughs> we are taking care of them. You know, we have, uh, I mean, we want to take care of them emotionally too. We, we flew in counselors and uh, they're available 20, you know, they're available 24 seven. They're here. Uh, we've housed them in hotels uh, because it's not just our caregivers, uh, you know, the, that were displaced, but our caregivers who are in the ER and the ICU and they're dealing with burn victims and all the people that have come in for help. And, you know, we have a mobile medical clinic up on the West side and, you know, we have caregivers rotating up there and taking care of all the community that's housed in all of the resorts up there. And, uh, you know, the resorts have been huge. The resorts on the West side and some in Walea have, have opened up their um, rooms to place all of these displaced, this displaced community. Uh, and so we've opened up a mobile clinic up on the West side last week we did um, and taking, cause they don't want to come here. They're, they're fearful to come to this side of the Island uh, because they're afraid they won't get back. And so we're taking healthcare to them and, and providing healthcare to them. But, you know, there's many who need emotional care uh, because of what they're seeing. Uh, but, um, you know, you just step in to take care of the people that are closest to you and that you work for and your, your whole community. I mean, we're taking care of our whole community, but we want to keep our nurses here too. I mean, that is also a drive because we have a nursing shortage um, on you now. You already yes. had a nurse, nursing we, yes. shortage before but, the wildfires. And that is a fear of... It, we don't want to lose them. And these are people who've been here their whole lives. I mean, some of them are generation after generation that have lived here and the homes that they have lost 
they've had in their family for many generations. And that is all gone. I mean, their grandparents, their great grandparents own them. It is, it's very generational um, living here. And you have many families who live together. You have grandparents and parents and kids and kid and grandkids, you know, all live under one roof. That is, is a very common thing here in Hawaii um, because that is the culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't just our caregiver that lost her home. It was many of her family members who live in that home, um, you know, parents, grandparents, kids that also lost their home. Uh, so it's, it's, it's devastating. It's devastating. Yet we need them to care for other people. I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, remarkable. Um, yes, yeah, so some of them are already back to work, which is absolutely amazing that really? they're already coming back to work. Yeah, I think caregivers, um, I mean, nurses and physicians, that's the way they're built, you know, to take care of people. Even in when I was in Napa, those that lost their house, they came in, but the knowing they've lost their house, they came in like the day after to take care of our community because that's the way that a lot of them in their blood. It's the way they think. Yeah. 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 Wow. Remarkable. So we touched on this a little bit, but um, how's the community responding, you know, and how do you prioritize efforts? I, I can't imagine what you do first, but how do you mobilize people, prioritize efforts, and then get the community to rally and respond? I know that's a loaded question, but yeah. (laughs) And I do think it takes time too, especially when you have, you know, but I think it's, it's a short amount of time. I mean, we're, we're mobilized and, uh, in two weeks. Yeah. And I think people expected it, you know, expect, you know, people who haven't been through it can't, you know, they can't expect it to happen overnight, you know, (laughs) because it doesn't happen overnight. And especially living on an island to get the people here, the resources here, finding them places to stay, you know, like the National Guard, like the Red Cross, like FEMA, you know, they're all here. There's World Vision, you know, there's a lot of Samaritan's Purse, they're all here. And um, they're up and running. And it took us, you know, a little bit of time, but there's an emergency, the county, you know, has an emergency management meeting. And one of our, you know, our emergency management director goes to that meeting. And then we have an emergency management meeting every morning. And so that's how you, you bring people together as you, the count, I mean, the county really is the one for a a natural disaster that is in charge of emergency management. Um, With COVID, we were in charge. (laughs) So we don't want to go back to COVID. Um, But so the county uh, really has taken charge of that. And we're part of that emergency management. And they have really come together. I mean, to have everyone out of shelters uh, in less than a week is pretty spectacular. I mean, I don't know if you could do that in other places because we have resorts here and, you know, I don't know, you know, on the mainland, you know, you're so spread out, you could go somewhere to drive to a family members or, you know, something like that. But it's very different here because uh, it's an island. Yeah. And yeah. Where are you going? The resorts, the resorts and a lot of the the Airbnbs stepped up. A lot of the Airbnbs stepped up. So we own two Airbnbs and we have 
uh, to nurse families living in our Airbnbs right now. So that also happened, which was really good. Let's talk a little bit about the Maui Health Foundation before the wildfires and and how and then and, and and also after how it's pivoted generally speaking what what was your mission or what is your mission and how has that changed in the last couple of weeks well our mission is to engage our community which we are and the visitors and support our hospitals so we have three hospitals uh, we have our acute care hospital which is Maui Memorial which is where most of us are, are here. And then we have a, a hospital upcountry in Kula called Kula Hospital. And then we have a community hospital on the island of Lanai, which is part of Maui County, uh, which is Lanai Community Hospital. They're both, the, the Kula Hospital and the Lanai Community Hospital are both very, very small um, hospitals. And uh, they're not acute care. So everybody with acute care gets transferred to Maui Memorial here on the island. Um, but our job is to raise money to, um, you know, deliver the highest level of health care and patient, patient-centered health care to our community. And, um, you know, before this, we, we actually are embarking and we continue to embark on, we are going to build healthcare housing. Uh, we were gifted 16 uh, lots um, from the county, housing lots, and we have found a developer and we are going to build healthcare housing for our healthcare employees so that we can um, be part of <laughs> the solution with the housing, not having housing and not getting, you know, the resources we need for nurses and techs, uh, finding places to live here. It's very difficult even to rent here. There's not many rentals and there's not much uh, real estate inventory here. So we are trying to find other solutions. And so we're going to build houses and they there will you be go. for healthcare workers. <laughs> so that is still a goal. We are actually have multiple meetings this week because it's moving it more than ever. We need it. And we're yeah. going to try to build them faster than we were planning so that we can get some of our healthcare workers in these homes. So that kind of integrated and in, is actually part of the recovery plan now. Um, yes. That's a you know, uh, speed things up and, and, and get it all moving. Um, so how have you pivoted? I, I believe you're doing a lot of fundraising for the caregivers right now, um, as we one are. of your pivotal missions. Um, how is that going? What do you need? Um, <laughs> we just need talk to us, tell us what you need. We want to hear it. Uh, we need more financial support and, um, I mean, we have raised a good amount of money through about a little over $300,000, but my goal is a million so that we can really take care of these caregivers for at least a year. And the, and the reason I say that is because I know from friends losing their homes in Napa that insurance companies take a long time to pay. You still have to pay your mortgage. You need to rent somewhere. So you're going to have a, a rental, you know, a monthly rental fee and rents are very, very high here. A one bedroom 
apartment, Ohana, um, rents for $2,500 here. So you can, yeah. So you can imagine, you know, the financial hardship that many of these caregivers are going to be going through. And so we would like as a foundation to be able to supplement and help for at least a year, because it takes about that time with, uh, some, if not most insurances to settle. (laughs) And we don't want them to have, uh, stress upon stress upon stress. Uh, so that's collections and bankruptcy yes. and, and all of that on top of and what you're cars, already going through. Lost, they lost their cars. Cars. Yeah. So now they have Gosh. to go buy a new car or, or lease a new car. And so they're going to have that expense um, until, you know, they can get, you know, help from their insurance and not all insurances pay, uh, what everything's worth (laughs) or what it's going to cost to rebuild. They, they just don't. So, um, so we need I, some match yeah. programs. We need some corporate sponsors to step up. I know you have an online, um, giving campaign. What we're going to get all of this in the show notes. So nobody has to take notes. I'm going to drop yes. links and all of those good things. But if anyone's hearing this, so, so we have a, at least, uh, another 700,000 to go. Um, and we need it quickly. Um, how else can people contribute um, financially? And then we'll talk about what else you need. But um, cor- so I would assume some match programs with some corporate sponsors with um, online giving, wh- where else can funds be directed? Well, for instance, we had, so with one of our nurses just in conversation with her, you know, because we're keeping them very informed of all the things that they need to do with FEMA and what's available to them, Red Cross and other nonprofit organizations like United Way um, are also helping. And there's opportunity for them to apply for funding there as well. Um, You know, it's minimal, but it's some money. It will help them. And uh, she said, I don't have a laptop. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they lost their lap. They've lost their computers and their laptops. So my friend who works at Simi Valley Hospital, Adventist Hill, she called and she asked, what can you do? What can I do? And I said, we need laptops. Could Could you donate laptops? And Adventist Health came here yesterday. Their their mission lead person from the their national office, and they showed up with twenty nine laptops, brand new laptops, oh. <laughs> and it was it was a beautiful time together. We spent like two hours with them. They 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 brought a few other people with them, and some of our caregivers came. Like half of our caregivers came who lost their homes, and we had a great interaction and they they have a laptop now to fill out all these forms because fema you can only fill it out online you can't yeah, use there your you phone. go so right, you've lost absolutely like, everything but everything. go online and fill out the forms go oh fill goodness out the forms. Yeah. yeah so that you know and we had figs uh from the mainland donate two thousand scrubs because they lost all their scrubs and you know when you think about nurses they need you know they don't do wash every day. So they need scrubs for every day they work of the week. So that we're actually, they donated enough so that we can help um, the other 
clinics. There's other medical clinics in our community and physician offices, and we're actually going to help all the employees that lost everything in the fire. We're going to replace their scrubs for them as well. So, so there's how, different things like that. that so can, basic, basic necessities, you know, ele- yeah. electronics, and not we're not talking gaming. We're talking like laptops yeah. and and devices to communicate and, and those sorts of things, stethoscopes, any kind of, you know, aid like that and scrubs, clothing. Let's do let's do a quick little list of what what else you're trying to gather. I think, well, I mean, I think I'm just learning it as we go of what they need. And, you know, they're displaced right now in someone's home. So the need changes as uh, as we move forward. So like when we we're now going to be trying to find permanent permanent rentals for them. Uh, and so they're going to need, I mean, clothing's a big thing. I mean, they lost all their clothes, uh, and the scrubs and they're going to need the basic things that we use every day. Um, I mean, any gift card, Starbucks, Target, Walmart, Costco, all of those uh, things would work because they have, they don't have anything. They've lost everything. Nobody had time to fill a suitcase up and leave. They literally ran to their cars, got in and got out of there and they could not, that cannot bring anything with them. Yeah. So um, where are we directing all of these uh, donations to Uh, how, if somebody is hearing this, well, financially, there's an online website, right? So we can put drop that link into the show notes. But if somebody wanted to um, arrange, you know, a larger donation or a corporate match program, sounds like that would really be helpful right now. Or any of these donations that we're talking about of physical goods, how do we get them to you? So, I mean, there you go to Maui Health Foundation and there is an employee assistance fund or you can call us. Um, are you going to provide that number? Should yeah. I provide that number? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. You, we can. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, but I'll put it in the in the notes as well. OK, so you can call us at 808-442-5656. That's actually my direct line. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to give you my personal cell. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know because uh, I'm running around most of the time and you can even text me on this cell and just say, hey, this is so-and-so from, you know, we would love to help. Can you call um, if I don't answer the phone? Um, Because like I have a meeting after this, (laughs) the resource meeting after this. Um, But my personal cell is 707-227-8399. And that is, of course, my Napa, California number, but I've had it for since cell phones existed. Good way to to text you. Yes. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge that you're having right now? What, what is, what's, what's the um, immediate challenge? The biggest challenge is the finding permanent um, housing for them because, uh, you know, I, started reaching out to all of our real estate agents and um, that I know, and then actually the real estate um, association, everybody's asking for permanent housing. And I've called a few places and they said, here's the application. But just so you know, I've got 50 applications Mm -hmm. that they have to go through because it's not just our caregivers. It's it's 4,000 people (laughs) that are going to be looking for homes. 
And so that's, that's why it is so important for us to try to speed up the process to build going back to your original mission. Yep. Yep. And and we are hoping and praying uh, that we can get some more lots because there are additional lots. And, but I, but I think they want to see how we do with these lots. But as soon as, um, you know, our developers said they can get, they can build these within like a 12 to 18 month period. So um, still a long time when you have no place to go. Yeah. But it's going to be longer even in Lahaina. I mean, that's the thing is, is like to find permanent housing, we're going to need permanent housing for several years before, you know, Lahaina can start being rebuilt. So because they've got a clear it's going to take a year at least to clear all the debris and the toxic, uh, you know, debris that's there and to grade the ground, you know, whatever they need to do. I don't understand all that, but it, it will take a year, if not longer to do all of that. Cause it's an entire town. Time's so, the enemy right now. Yeah. Um, right. But staying on your original mission, not that your mission has changed, but of course you have to mm-hmm. pivot right now and address right. some other things, but it all goes back to, um, that, you know, original need, keeping right. um, all of the resources and the caring and the supplies um, for your caregivers in place mm-hmm. so that they could care for uh, everyone else. Um, and it's in the thousands and we need help. Raise Nation, yes. I know you're listening. Please, we really need help and we need to get it to Maui right away. So I hope somebody's listening and brings you some um Good fortune. Um, I want to wish you you. all the best. I know we need to let you get back because you have so much to do and so much to prioritize. Um, What what is your outlook, though, for the future? I mean, how are you feeling about how's your positivity, if you can, for the future? (laughs) You know, I I am hopeful. And, um, you know, I think this is bringing us together. And I think that you know we will rebuild and i i think you have you know it's hard right now to to think about that because we're still in a traumatic uh place and there's been a lot of loss i mean some of our caregivers lost their family members in the fire so there's a lot of emotion and and as we find out you know day by day who passed away uh it's it's just heartbreaking. And I think, but I know we will rebuild and we're, we're strong. This, this Island is very strong and, um, I do have a good outlook. It's going to take time, um, to do, but in, you know, and we're going to build those houses. We're going to get more lots. We're going to build more houses. We're going to get the caregivers here. We're going to keep the ones here that, uh, you know, this was, this is where they were born and raised and this is their life. This is where they're going to stay. Yeah. We're going to keep them there. Yeah. Yes. So I I have a good outlook and I do, I just want to say one last thing, Um, Please. you know, it, not just with this tragedy, just, you know, because there's things that happen across our nation. And I think it is crucial to remember that even the small acts of kindness can make a significant difference in someone's life. You know, whether it's just offering a listening ear or providing a meal or getting groceries for them or just simply encouraging them with words. Uh, it's 
just every gesture counts when it comes to supporting those who are going through difficult times and just sending messages of love, uh, you know, of encouragement are really important. And collectively as individuals and a community, um, we have that we have a, the power to bring hope and comfort you know, into the lives of affected families and friends. And you do where you are today. You know, um, I hope you never experience anything like this, but we all do have tragedies that happen in our life or to someone that we know. And we can demonstrate, you know, compassion by just contributing um, our resources and lending our support whenever possible. Whatever it is that you, that yeah. you could lend. Well, you know, I think five years ago, the stars were aligning um, to make sure that Melinda was in the right place yeah. um, for this time. <laughs> um, they're very lucky to have you. Um, and I, I believe that if you put it out in the universe, it'll happen. So thank you for saying that you are going to rebuild and yes. you're going to do 16 lots and then another 16. And the world is watching and the world is um, say, sending you their prayers and good wishes. Thank and you. hopefully after this podcast, um, we'll be sending some you know good fortune as well to help. We, we know the ways to help, certainly financially, corporate sponsors, basic necessities permanent housing um, and check it out in the show notes and at Maui um, Health Foundation Fearless Fundraisers. It's a difficult topic today, but important that we talk about it and we get we get communities to rally. Um, that is all the time we have for. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. I don't want to say enjoy, but we hope that um, you needed to hear today's Raise Nation topic in your move to um, make a difference. Uh, please tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Uh, in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best. Uh, we stream everywhere and then you'll get the notifications about all our new guests. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use digital fundraising solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com. Visit the resource tab for a free catalog of content, eBooks, vlogs, blogs that hopefully that you'll find helpful to your fundraising efforts. Um, a shout out and thanks and gratitude to my guest, Melinda Sweeney, um, Chief Development Officer at Maui. Health Foundation, who has incredible work ahead of her. Um, would love to check back in with you, see how you're doing. All in the show notes, we'll have ways to help and to get involved, especially if you're a corporate sponsor. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy, probably going morning, noon, and night in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, I know because as we started talking, you know, you just got random texts and I saw you respond and that's pretty remarkable. Um, thank you for everything that you're doing. Yes. We wish you the best of luck, prayers and good wishes to you. Any last words of inspiration for the people uh, uh, in Maui and for all your caregivers that you want to share? Just be kind to one another. <laughs> As I shared earlier, I think it's just really important to show compassion to one another and to love one another and, um, and to serve and help one another. So uh, thank you, Dawn, for allowing me the time to be able to share. And this itself is is healing. And uh, <laughs> for me to be able to share and um, much aloha to you and to everyone who's listening. 
Well, prayers for your strength and and perseverance. And we'll check back in with you. Um, All our best wishes for everyone um, in Maui. Thank you again so much. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. (laughs) 